Welcome to the Clear Admit MBA Admissions Podcast. I'm Graham Richmond, and this is your Wiretaps for Monday, November 15th, 2021. I'm joined by Alex Brown from Cornwall, England. Alex, how are things going? Very good. Thank you, Graham. You know, I have to say, and maybe this is not in the right region of the UK, but I've been watching this TV show um, called Broadchurch, and it takes place somewhere on the coast, like I think out towards where you live, but I've got to confirm. And I think they, they call the town Broadchurch, but it, that's not its real name. I need to do some digging and come up with the real name of this place for you. But it's got these insane cliffs. Um, and it makes me think of all the posts that you're always putting up on Facebook of your your beach walks and things. But it's a really good sort of, uh, what do you call it? Sort of a criminal investigation type, you know, TV show out of the UK. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's, I, honestly, I think it's a great show. Oh, you've seen it? If anyone gets a chance to watch it, but it's not based, it's set in Cornwall. No? Um, okay. Um, but yeah, um, so, so, so elsewhere, I, I, if, we, if we're doing show recommendations, Graham, I recommend Money Heist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I've seen, but, seen that. But yeah, yeah, it's a big time sink, though. Let me tell you, if you're going to watch Money Heist, you better dedicate about 24 hours before you get through it all. Yeah, and now you're telling people this when they should really be buckling down, prepping for interviews or, or prepping their round two application essays. Yes, um, yes. So, but what's going on on the MBA side of things? I know, you know, obviously, as I've been saying the last month or so, this is, we're in the thick of it, but I guess we're also at that point in time where I'm seeing people starting to talk a bit more about round two and getting their applications ready. Um, although I recognize a lot of people are interviewing too for round one. So it's a mix. I think you're exactly right. You've got folks that are clearly in the interview stage now. Many of the interview invites have now gone out. There are some schools that continue to roll them out, so don't give up hope if you're um, if you've applied to one of those schools until the decision's absolutely been made. Um, but certainly, those are candidates. Let's say you didn't get an interview invite at a certain school, so maybe you applied to Wharton, for example, and and you were told that that, that you've been denied, which is part of their process. It's given folks a little bit of a signal in terms of what they should be doing with their round two strategy, right? So so we're getting to that stage now where folks are starting to think about round two and early signals sort of helping them determine should they ratchet up a tier, i.e. they've got a lot of interview invites, so maybe they target it a little lower, they could ratchet up, or they're not getting interview invites, should they drop down a tier, um, so yeah, we, we're seeing a lot of that activity. Yeah. And that makes sense. And there is, it's, I love that sort of strategic bit where, you know, most people think, oh, you apply to great schools in round one. If it doesn't work out, you have this fallback plan in round two. I think there's, like you're saying, there are a lot of people where if everything goes really well in round one, sometimes they look to go higher in round two or, yeah. um, or look for more scholarship dollars, or there's a lot of strategy to this. So, um, but yeah, busy time. I looked it up while you were, you know, kind of giving us the rundown and it takes place in Dorset, the show Broad yeah. Church. So yeah. Um, no idea where that is because my UK geography is terrible. <laughs> they do consider that West Country, but it's certainly not as West as West Country where I live, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, you're really isolated. Yeah. So <laughs> um, so one thing I wanted to tell our listeners is that we still need your help. We're doing our, um, we do two surveys, uh, applicant surveys every year. One's this time of year and the other's in the spring. And, you know, th- we're doing the fall one right now. Really need your help. All you have to do is go to bit.ly forward slash CA fall. 2021 survey. 
It's all lowercase, all one word. Um, and we're actually giving away like $25 Amazon gift cards to a whole bunch of people. So if you take the survey, you drop your email in at the end, and then we do these drawings. I think we're giving like 20 or 30 of those cards out. So um, your odds are actually quite good. So fill out the survey if you can. Um, over at clearedmit.com, we've been running a lot of content. It's just been a busy time for us. So we ran some real human stories uh, where we profile MBA students. We did Washington's uh, Foster School, Cornell Johnson. London Business School. And we also did a special episode of the podcast where I sat down with two Wharton Lauder students. So those are students doing a joint degree in kind of international uh, kind of international affairs um, with kind of the Wharton program in parallel. And that was a lot of fun. Um, so it's kind of like an audio, real humans, if you will. And what else? We Oh, we ran an admissions director Q&A with the director of admissions at University of Georgia's Terry School. So just lots of stuff happening on the site. And the other thing, I don't know if you saw this, Alex, but we've been getting a lot of interview reports coming into the site. You know, people are interviewing at schools and they're being really um, gracious enough to go in and post their report in terms of what, you know, what kind of questions they were asked, how they felt about the experience. It's all anonymous. So definitely um, something to take advantage of. I suspect that many of those listening have used the archive and, and benefited from it. And so this is just the way to pay it forward. After you've had an interview, you leave in a, a little report and it just helps everybody else who's out there. So um, yeah, but that's that's what's going on. I don't know if you've seen all those reports, Alex, but it's pretty cool. No, it's fantastic. I'd say that's a good way to pay it back, Graham, because they've used the archive. Now they're, no, they're, they're, they're Yeah, they're, that's they're... true. <laughs> so just to correct you, because I know how, how, how strong you are on, on the command of the, the English language. Um, <laughs> but also, well, welcome to um, Terry Georgia, or Georgia Terry, I should say, in terms of, you know, becoming part of the Clear Admit um, schools. You, you said you did a Q&A with them, Graham. What did you learn from that? Because we're, we're obviously not as familiar with, with this program. Yeah, and actually, I didn't do it. So it's oh. a, it was a, um, it's up on the site. It's a, so it wasn't a podcast. It was just a, um, you know, like sort of part of our content series. So I, I didn't do it, um, and I, I'm going to just admit it. I haven't read the piece yet because it just went up. Um, but I'm, I will read it, and I'll come back next week with more. But I'm excited that they're they're with us now. I know that we've talked to a lot of candidates who have them on their list, and so yeah. I think it's good to just you know have them covered on the site. No, it's absolutely brilliant, and I will ask you the same question next week, but this does is a good illustration that we don't script this show, Graham. No, no, no. I think if we did, uh, well, I, we'd be bored. I mean, there no, there's no way we could possibly do, I have no idea how many episodes at this point, but I think we're actually closing in on the 200th episode of the podcast overall. Um, this happens to be the 123rd sort of wiretaps episode, nice. but you know, we do a lot of one-offs too. So, and we, um, and, yeah. and, and we, we haven't skipped a week. That's right. Yeah, I have never skipped a week, as my family often reminds me. <laughs> um, all right, so the last thing I wanted to say before we get into the candidates that you've selected for this episode is that uh, if people want, they can always email us, right, at info at clearadmit.com, use the subject line wiretaps. And I know I say that every week, but we had another idea too, which is if you want, pull out your phone and record an audio message. Like maybe you have a question about your candidacy, something you just really, or, or you know, there's a part of the application process you're struggling with, just make an audio or a kind of voice memo on your phone and then just email it 
to info at clearedmit.com. Alex and I will listen to it and play it back on the show and answer your question as part of the podcast. So we're going to try this. Um, I, I think I have no idea if anyone's going to bother to do this, but it could be a lot of fun um, just to hear some of your voices on the show. Um, so please you know, send us a message. It's really easy with the iPhone. I know you can use that voice memo app that comes pre-installed on the phone. And it takes like literally two seconds to record a voice memo. And then you hit the little share button and you can send it off an email. So um, we'll see Alex if any, anything comes in. That'll be fun. Very good. Very good. All right. So as you would say, let's move on, or I think you, you normally say we'd, we'd kick on, right? So yes. let's get into the wiretap stuff. <laughs> um, so this is wiretaps candidate number one. This candidate uh, came to us via an apply wire entry. Uh, they want to start school next fall and they've got Cambridge, Columbia, Duke, Harvard, MIT, NYU, Oxford, and Yale on the target list. They've been working in consulting and post-MBA, they talk about getting into either consulting or maybe banking or venture capital or private equity. (laughs) So there's a lot uh, to choose from there. The GMAT score is a 660 and the GPA is a 3.8. They've been working for four years. They're located in Europe and uh, they, I guess, want to land in the US after business school. Um, they indicate that as an extracurricular, they're a nonprofit founder um, with a lot of impact. They've been doing that for seven years. They also do, um, you know, kind of some part-time business consulting. They've had a lot of impact at work, they claim, and an above average pace of promotions. So, you know, I guess one of the things that they got into a discussion with you about, Alex, is the test score. So I'm going to turn it over to you because I know you want to talk about their background and, and what the score means and the advice you gave them. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting candidate with some really sort of very direct ad- admissions lessons, I think, in terms of if you're targeting top business schools. They've got a 3.8 GPA, so from whatever university that is, they obviously perform well. Let's assume their work experience is very strong. They, they say they've, you know, above average promotions and so on and so forth, as well as um, outside of work, high impact in terms of that's how they've declared it. So, so, so lots of strength there. They also come from Eastern Europe um, and that clearly from a country that's underrepresented in the pool. Why is that important? It means that this person can bring different experiences, different stories to tell when they're coming to the classroom and stuff. So, so their perspective will add value um, to classmates in, in the programme, as, as you can imagine. So it's not just that they're different, but why is being different adding value? How does it add value to, to the whole MBA experience? So lots, to, I, I would say lots to love about this candidate, not necessarily lots to like. Um, but there are two flaws that this candidate needs to work on. One is with the current GMAT score, it's 660. So it's going to be below average, um, significantly below average for, for many of the schools that they're applying. And I would probably estimate, you know, if we're doing a share the odds or whatever for a candidate like this with a 660 GMAT, it would probably put them in the range of the tiers sort of at the back end of the top 16 or something in the U.S., um, top 20, top 16 or something like that, right? Um, but if they retook the GMAT, and I think that they've declared that they could actually retake the GMAT and boost the, 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 the score. It's like, well, get that done. If you're coming to the, the admissions process with a 700 plus GMAT score, with all this other stuff um, in your arsenal, then it's not top 16, top 20, it's M7 in my book, right? 
in terms of if you've executed well on your applications to make sure that you actually do do a good job of articulating everything. And then on top of that, their their goals um, are, are on the one hand, sort of very aspirational, i.e. VC back in in the developing um, economies or whatever it might be. But they need to be realistic too, right? So, so that sort of balance between realism and ambition is important. So um, maybe rather than focusing on VC and private equity, which we know is very difficult to break into, focusing on, and I think they said, development consulting in terms of a short-term goal. And, and to me, that would make more sense. That would be very palatable for the adcom mm-hmm. um, and so on and so forth. So those are my big key points. I think this can be an outstanding candidate, Graham, if they, if they um, fix, I, I should say, a couple of things. Even without fixing a couple of things, they're still eligible in, in terms of that top 16, 20 bracket. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think the thing for me, like, like you said, if they could boost the test score, that could really change the shape of things. Um, but I could not agree more that, I mean, you know, European candidates are in short supply when it comes to American MBA programs. Uh, and so that'll be a, a real asset just in of itself because they're going to bring a different set of experiences and things. I think that the goals and the kind of existing work experience world was fuzzy to me. I mean, it seems like they have enough work experience. They've got four years Um you know, but it was a little unclear to me exactly what they'd been doing. I mean, they talk about government consulting. It sounds really interesting, um, but then it was unclear how they mapped that. And, you know, it, it probably would be easiest for them to get back into kind of like development consulting as opposed to saying venture capital. Um, but in any event, yeah, I agree with you spot on. Like they need to clean up the goals, ideally retake the test, but should be competitive. I, I did want to ask you, if they want to land in the U.S., what do you make of their school list? Because they have Cambridge and Oxford on their school list. And I was kind of wondering, is that because they also, you know, would work in the U.K. and just didn't, you know, mention that to us? Or, um, you know, like, so would you recommend that they apply to schools in, in Europe if they're going to really try to target the U.S.? Like, should they add some different U.S. schools instead? Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree with you. And obviously, we didn't talk about their school selection so much. But if they want to land in the US in the short run after the MBA, um, it's going to be easiest done if they target US, top tier US programs yeah. um, for, for their MBA. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And, you know, um, loyal listeners may recall that last week we talked about uh, NYU Stern's employment report and you were um, <laughs> you were impressed at the amount of money that these graduates earn. But we also were kind of marveling at the fact that I think it was like 95% of the jobs or something like that were in the US, right? And so when you think about what a high percentage of students at Stern are coming from abroad, that's pretty amazing. Like they're actually placing a lot of these grads in the US. Um, Now, granted, you know, most MBA programs come with the right to work for at least one year. And if it's STEM, up to three. But I, I think, you know, it just proves the point that, you know, Go to the go to a school in the U.S. if you want to work in the U.S. That's usually the best path <laughs> to doing that. So, um, yeah, but very interesting candidacy. And I, I wanted to mention they looked at the um, class profiles for some of the top MBA programs, and they mentioned that there wasn't anyone from their country over the past like twenty years. So it must be a smaller country somewhere in Eastern Europe that's n- certainly not <laughs> a pipeline for business school, which is great. It's going to help them a lot, I think. Absolutely, no doubt. Yeah. All right. So let's move on um, and talk about Wiretap's candidate number two. So this is another apply wire entry that we received. Again, this person's applying right now to start school next fall. And the schools on their target list are Berkeley, Cornell, Dartmouth, Duke, 
Michigan, and UCLA Anderson. Uh, this candidate is currently a civil engineer and their post-MBA career goal, they listed as other. Um, they get into that a bit more in the post and we'll certainly discuss that. Their GMAT score is a 720 and their GPA from undergrad is a 3.44. They've been working for two and a half years. They're located in Houston, Texas. And they did share that they went to UT Austin uh, for undergrad where they uh, majored in biology with a journalism minor. Um, and they also indicated that they had a master's um, in civil engineering also from UT Austin. And they mentioned that's like a top five national program. Um, and then they you know, kind of shared that they've applied to some of these schools, I believe Anderson and um, maybe Duke in particular in the first round. And then the others, I guess, are round two targets. Um, they shared a lot of other um, little tidbits of information, but I will mention that they are um, an Indian American. So, you know, Indian descent, but born and raised in America. Um, there's a whole bunch of other details, which I'm hoping you'll kind of walk us through a little bit, Alex. But what do you make of this candidate? Um, you know, yeah, there's a lot, a lot to unpack here because we're going to get into it. But what do you what's the sort of top level? Yeah, I mean, the, the, this candidate is, is interesting from the perspective that, you know, obviously their goals are a little bit different. They're unique and so on and so forth. Um, they, they obviously, you know, from an academic standpoint, like you say, they have the master's. Um, in civil engineering, the the G, GMAT, they they got a seven hundred on the GMAT. They've retaken the GMAT. They got a seven twenty. They plan to do HBS core, I believe, um, a little bit um, later um, to sort of help bolster their GPA. I think they're a little bit worried about their GPA, um, frankly. Um, but I have a couple of sort of, and 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 it seems like they they've they've. Did apply to some schools in round one, and they they've actually, I believe, gotten some interview invites. So they're invited to interview at Anderson, which is very good. Yeah, they were uh, they've completed their interview at Fuqua. I don't know if that was an open interview or an invite. I'd, I'd have to sort of um, um, re- remember exactly how they do do their stuff. Um, but I, I have a little bit of concern, Graham, because uh, one in round two things will be more difficult for them. Um, so I'll be a little bit frank about that because, you know, they, they're probably coming from a, an overrepresented population in terms of engineer um, um, and, and you, you say their India heritage um, and so on and so forth. So they might fall into that sort of bucket. But um, the other thing, I'm, I'm a little puzzled by their, um, their, their goals. I Yeah, sure, they might be unique, but I don't really get a sense of where they're coming from in terms of this interest in sports. Um, so switching from civil engineering to sports. Um, so it's going to be really important for them to, to articulate well why they're doing this career switch, what they've done outside of work to sort of help set them up for this career switch and so on and so forth. I think that's a challenge that they really do need to overcome. Um, and they, they're on the lower end of the spectrum in terms of years of work experience. So how does their work experience in terms of impact and growth and, 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 and so on and so forth measure up with other folks targeting these top business schools? Yeah. Um, so those would be the couple of areas that I would be a little bit um, nervous about. But certainly doing HBS core in January is very good. The fact that they retook the GMAT and improved it from 7 to 720 is also very good. 
Yeah. And so I had some similar concerns. I think one of the things that jumped out at me was, you know, they mentioned that they'd signed up for all the business schools diversity conferences um, because, you know, technically they're a minority in the sense that they're Indian, um, you know, and living in, in America. But I think the issue is, is that from the vantage point of an admissions officer, um, there's no shortage of of those of Indian heritage or or even just Americans in the pool, right? There's, um, you know, Indian Americans or Asian Americans in general are kind of overrepresented in the pool. So I understand, um, obviously, you know, take advantage of meeting people at these schools and stuff, but I'm, I'm a little concerned that they don't quite fall into the bucket that the schools are targeting with those conferences. Um, so that's, I'm just going to put that out there. The other thing is I'm worried about to only two and a half years of experience coupled with what felt to me like sort of fuzzy goals, um, which are very typical for a younger candidate. Um, yeah, you know, they're still doing civil engineering and they say they want to get into sports, ideally at one of the major um, sports leagues in the U.S., so NHL, NFL, NBA, um, or MLB. But, I, you know, they didn't say what they want to do um, in that domain. And so I think they would need a lot more clarity and I would need to see evidence of like, wh- where's this coming from? Are they, you know, is there something in their background that um, would suggest a real passion for one of those four professional sports. And, you know, I think um, the thing that was interesting to me as well is they didn't tell us what their GPA was in that top five engineering master's program. Remember, they shared the three, four, which is from undergrad, but they didn't tell us what they landed um, in grad school. So that would be important to know as well, just because when you have, when you're a younger candidate, I think academics become they they sort of end up going under the you know the magnifying lens a little bit. So I would want to know that you know they have at least as good of a GPA in grad school as they did in undergrad, because that could potentially bolster their case. Uh, but again, I'm a little worried overall that they could come across as just being a little bit too young and a little less formed in the goals area. So they still have time because they're applying to some of these schools in round two. So I think if they take that advice on board they could sort of shape how things turn out. But it was a concern for me when I read this post. And, you know, it sounds like we agree on some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, again, your, your, your notion, well, I, 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 I'm assuming this candidate is a little bit younger, but obviously they have a master's degree. So that two and a half years of work experience plus the master's degree would put them sort of within range for, for an age range. But in terms of professional maturity and career focus, they're on the early end of that spectrum. And as you rightly point out, a symptom of being early in your career is having fuzzy goals. Um, so we see that often. The, the, the earlier you are in your career, the wet, less well-developed your goals are. That makes perfect sense. So, um, so get that goal clarity. Make sure it's, it's realistic whilst being ambitious and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and yeah, the, the, the reality is, is this year the best year for you to leave your career, to get your MBA, to then execute on this career pivot? Yeah. And I just want to um, add like a little more detail. I mean, they did say, you know, that they, they actually are, it's not just the four sports. They're also interested in golf or tennis or um, even uh, soccer, football, um, as, 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 you know, you're passionate about that. So they, they definitely they have this interest um, and they also indicate that they might initially want to go to work for like Nike or Adidas or something before getting into the, you know, one of the league sports. But again, I would need to know, like, what are you doing for those industries, like for, for those um, entities? Like what, what kind of job would you want? Because right now I don't, I'm not seeing the transferable skills or any of that stuff. So I think they need to sit down and think about 
what sort of skills have they developed in their current job and how might some of those translate? I mean, I, you know, I, and I really don't know, like maybe they're doing a lot of product ma- project management as an engineer and they're really interested in operations or something. And maybe they want to go help in operations for one of the leagues or, or for a sports apparel company or something, but it's still a bit of a stretch. Um, and so, yeah, in, in any event, I think probably enough said, I mean, I know that they're an avid golfer, so there is a little bit of sport in their background. I know they play fantasy football and stuff, but I was just looking for something more tangible than that, um, than kind of a hobby, right? So in any event, um, I wish them the best of luck. I think that they, again, they can shape this a bit as they apply in round two um, based on this advice that we're giving them. And and yeah, really good point. They're probably of the right age. It's just that because they did that master's, they have less experience um, in the workforce. So yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, lots to think about with this one, but we, we shall see. I'm definitely an interesting candidate. They have a lot of stuff going on in terms of extracurriculars. And so they took a lot of boxes, but I'm just a little worried about the goals. And yeah, then, well, yeah, be good to know what that grad GPA was too. <laughs> and honestly, Graham, this is a personal bias, but I just don't get this fantasy football stuff. <laughs> if you're passionate about your football team, why would you want to make up a football team of players from other teams? I don't get it. Me, my weekend lives or dies by the performance of Manchester City. That's it. <laughs> well, I think I'll leave it at that. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. Like, I think that people fall into one of two camps on that stuff. Like, I don't really do fantasy sports either, but I know a lot of my friends who are into sports, they're like in tons of different leagues and it, it's obviously a huge money-making business and it's a big deal. But yeah, I've always sort of been like, I'm for my team. I don't want to make up a, a kind of fictional team. <laughs> um, but in any event, uh, we digress. And who's your team, Graham? <laughs> the, well, the Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> oh, is that? a sport no. I keep forgetting <laughs> yeah that's right yeah. <laughs> um, you know that the, there is a, a football team in Philadelphia or well, a soccer team yeah. right that I, I think yeah. they're called the union although I don't really follow them but I, I feel like they're um, people are people are getting more into it so <laughs> I've, I've been there all right yeah. 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 <laughs> um, all right so let's move on and talk about wiretaps candidate number three so this is the third uh, apply wire entry that we've got for this week. And again, it's someone who's applying now to start next fall. They've been working in consulting uh, pre-business school, and they would love to get into asset management or hedge funds and stuff after business school. The GRE is a um, stellar 329. Uh, GPA is a 3.18. They've been working for five years, and they indicate that their GPA in college was low because of family circumstances and some personal health issues. Um, They do indicate that they're really heavily involved with volunteering in their community, especially related to women's issues. Um, I should mention that this is an Asian female who's a first-gen college grad, um, and her post-MBA career goal specifically is to become an impact investor focused on underserved communities. Um, As far as the work experience is concerned, as I said, five years and change, She's done it across three different companies, and she mentions that one of them is a Fortune 500 financial services company, and she sort of characterized the work as being kind of mixed between healthcare consulting and maybe operational um, consulting as well. So again, lots of work experience, five years, or certainly you know a good amount. Um, the target schools on her list are Berkeley, Columbia, Dartmouth, Duke, Michigan, Kellogg, UCLA, Wharton, and Yale. So I would argue it's kind of a top 16 focus. Um, what do you make of this candidate, Alex? And, you know, obviously there's the GPA of a 3.18, which is a bit lower than average at the target schools. But yeah, what do you make of her? Possibly I can really love this candidate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you got what what you have here, Graham, in my book, you've got someone that's clearly very smart. They've got a 329 on the GRE, so I think that's pretty good. Um, they're five years of experience. This is all self-declared, so we obviously can't, can't verify this, but they, they, it sounds like their experience is very good. Um, Fortune 500 work and promoted twice in three years into current role and so on and so forth. So let's assume that they can show impact at work as well as progression at work. So that checks that checkbox in, in terms of it's very good. Um, she's She's heavily involved with volunteering in the community related to women's issues outside of work, early childhood education, economic empowerment. To me, that's very good. And I'm guessing that that sort of non-profit work that she's doing is somewhat related to her goals. I really always like to see that connection. So so I really like that too. Um, at five years of experience, I think that's sort of, yeah, that's right in the sweet spot. Um, maybe even a, a year longer than, than than the sweet spot, but still very good. Um, first gen to college, right? So this shows to me that she's potentially gone to college. She doesn't have that sort of roadmap specifically laid out for her like she might have if she was surrounded by other family members that have been to college, friends, and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, so being first gen presents challenges. And clearly, this GPA is her Achilles heel, right? It's a 3.18. And she notes that she had some issues um, early on in college. So it's going to really depend on the, the the scale and scope of those issues, the, the progression of the GPA post that sort of first year. We know what the GPA is overall. That's very good. I don't think we know exactly what she studied in college and so forth. So so getting a bit of a deeper dive on the transcript. Um, but because she got the 329 GPA and she's done really good work experience, or at least I'm assuming that, um, I think we can overcome this, this um, GPA somewhat. I would advise her to do MBA math or HBS core, even if she's showing math and stuff in her undergrad. Because what by taking this sort of additional program now, she's, she's taking responsibility almost for that sort of early um, GPA issues and showing deliberately to ADCOM that she's prepared and ready and has the self-awareness to recognise that this is going to be a problem. So I think if she does the HBS core MBA math, everything else really potentially can be super strong here, Graham. And I think she should be applying to these programs. Yeah, it's interesting because as I was kind of, um, you know, thinking about her candidacy, I began to wonder, she says first gen um, to college and she said she's Asian, female. I wondered, you know, do you think that she is an Asian American or do you think that she's Asian in Asia? Like, is this someone who just posted from China or something, or are they somebody in the U.S.? Because I was kind of assuming that they might have been um, Asian American, but it's hard to know for sure. Yeah, I, I, I guess I made that assumption. But I think regardless, you know, wherever they're based in the world, I mean, if they're in China, Chinese, that's, I mean, their, their experience could be um, wonderful too. So, yeah. so I stand by what I said, regardless of whether they're Asian American yeah. or Asian, I think they can put together a very compelling application if, in my book, they do that extra step. Now, if they don't do that extra step, they might well still be successful with, with these types of programs. But doing that extra step gives them a little bit more of a, I, th I think it, it just provides a, a little bit extra um, that, that might be necessary to sort of the, the better programs on this list. 
Although all the programs are pretty outstanding. Yeah. So I, I tend to agree. Like I think doing HBS core or MBA math will help um, to address this GPA issue and, and just to, you know, go hand in hand with that terrific GRE score. I do think that the um, career plan is the area for me that I think could still benefit from some reflection. So I don't have a sense if her current role is the one at the Fortune 500 financial services company, then I get this idea of wanting to move into investing. Um, and, you know, it sounds like she has a real passion for impact investing specifically. And so I could understand, even though she's in a more of a consulting type role now, um, it, it could make sense. Like she said, a lot of exposure to finance potentially or something. So there could be a thread there. But if she's not currently in that role, if she's just doing kind of, you know, healthcare consulting or something, I would um, caution her when it comes to figuring out the goals, you know, because right now she's saying, oh, I want to get into impact investing. I'm just trying to figure out how one pivots from healthcare consulting to impact investing. I mean, maybe there's a, I don't know, is there a healthcare thread that could be expressed here in terms of wanting to do, um, you know, work on healthcare infrastructure in developing countries or, you know, I I don't know, there are a lot of ways she could go, but I just want to make sure that she's connecting those dots because if she is going to get in to these top 16 schools, despite a below average GPA, she's going to need every other duck in a row. And that includes the career plan and goals and stuff. So I would just encourage her to really reflect on what has she done to date and how does it map to the plan that she's presenting the admissions committee with, and to what extent is the school or schools that she's targeting really good at placing people in that very role that she's targeting, right? So um, so that's all going to be important for her to think about as she gets her apps ready. It sounds like she's applying in the second round or something. So um, again, I, I do agree though, whether she's in China or in, or in America or wherever, um, it's, it's still impressive to be first gen. And, you know, she's done some um, interesting work around women's issues. So I think there are a lot of real positives here and she belongs at a top 16, despite the hiccups with the GPA for which she has an excuse anyway. I mean, she's got a reason, you know, it sounds like there was some pretty serious stuff going on. So I, yeah, I like this candidacy as you do. And I, I think she could get into a top school, but I do think she's gonna have to work for it a little bit. Yeah. Just a couple of quick points, Graham. And I know we're sort of getting later on time, but um, this notion of first gen and having a low GPA in the in the first year, um, for example, that might be forgiving a little bit, uh, and I'll let you comment on that in a minute. My second point is, in terms of her goals, I was looking a little bit more towards her volunteer activities as a way that she's sort of crystallizing these goals in ter- terms of switching into impact investing. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on those two issues. Yeah. So I think um, you make a really good point. First gen to college, there might be some leeway with the GPA. And again, it sounds like there were some other things happening, family issues and and even some health stuff. So, you know, often we think about first gen college students as, you know, sometimes working their way through um, and even maybe providing for uh, family members who didn't go to college and maybe need some support back home while the, per- while the person's off studying. So there are a lot of factors that could go into affecting GPA. So I think you make a great point there. Um, and that's why I think she can get into top 16 despite a lower you know, GPA. Uh, as to the second point, you know, I think you're, you're right. I mean, her outside activities do dovetail a bit better um, with some of this stuff. And so as long as she can connect those dots, as I was saying earlier, like it's really about making this map for the admissions committee so that they don't have to scratch their head or play detective or try to figure out 
why you want to do <laughs> what you say you want to do. But I, I think she could be a great candidate. I think um, if I were her, I would buckle down, get MBA math or HBS core out of the way. And yeah, just put together great applications in round two and, and hope for the best with a top 16 school. Very good. Very good. Excellent. So um, we've done it, Alex. Uh, we've gone through all three candidates. Appreciate you picking them out. As always, I did want to remind our listeners to rate and review this show wherever you listen, or to just tell somebody you know who's interested in business school to come and join us every week for these really fun <laughs> conversations as we learn all things admissions and and you know a lot of really cool uh, insights come out, or we try to make sure that a lot of <laughs> really good insights come out each week from this sort of case study of real candidates. So. Alex, thanks as always, and we'll see you in one week's time. Very good. Stay safe, everyone. Best of luck.